Hello, and welcome to the Behavior Chef Podcast, where nutrition meets behavior. My name is Clint Evans, and I am your host. If you like what you hear on our podcast, please follow us on all social media platforms at The Behavior Chef, and check out BehaviorChef.com for more great content. Thanks again for listening, and enjoy the show. My name is Clint Evans, and I'm your host, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Tony Chambers. What's up, everybody? We're really excited to have you along. This is episode double zero of the Behavior Chef Podcast. Yeah, man, we're doing it. We're here. The Genesis episode. So we're going to take some time today to describe a little bit about ourselves, talk about where the Behavior Chef came from, where it's headed, who we are, and why you should listen to us. That's right. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Thanks for coming on today, Tony. Yeah, man. I guess I should get things rolling by talking a little bit about me. Uh, My name is Clint Evans. I am a BCBA uh, just east of St. Louis in Belleville, Illinois. Massive town, you know it. I've been in ABA for five or six years uh, now, but I've been a BCBA for a little over a year. And I uh, I started the Behavior Chef a few months ago because I've been uh, I've been a person that's dealt with yo-yo dieting my entire life. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that with my genesis, where where my story comes from. When I was when I was a kid, I grew up in a in a household that let's just say we were below the poverty line. Now I will give my parents credit because I didn't know that I was below the poverty line, but. Growing up, we didn't eat the most nutritious food. We ate great food, but it wasn't super nutritious. It was it was soul food, if anything else. So growing up, I always had a struggle with weight in general. I was a chubby guy. I was chubby all the way through high school. Now, my brothers ahead of me, my oldest brother was a bodybuilder. My younger, younger older brother, I have one in the middle, was a star athlete in basketball through high school and college. And then when I got to high school... I wasn't interested in the athletic things. I was interested in drama and Pokemon and, uh, yeah, all the yeah. nerdy things in the world. But I did uh, eventually discover sports my junior, sophomore, junior year, worked out and as a 15, 16-year-old with a decent metabolism at the time, the weight fell off. And I noticed, I noticed that this is just a speculation, just an observation, but I noticed how different people treated me versus when I was... Uh, a little chunkier early in my life to when I was thinner and, and more fit people. It just seemed like I was more pleasant to be around. It was an interesting observation to make. And one that followed me into my college years and now my adult years, uh, when I started college, the sports went away. I didn't play sports as much. I did intramurals and things like that, but working out took a side car to the, the main event of college and, you know how it is, Tony. Taco Bell becomes your best friend. Yes, absolutely. So those dorm late night dorm runs with all the guys that we were with, you know, we would just eat and eat and eat. And I always thought my metabolism would save me, and it started slowing down. So over the course of a few years, I graduated high school by around 210 pounds. Uh, right. I was a football player. I was a lineman. You know, I lifted all the time. I threw shot put. So powerlifting, uh, especially through my brother who was a bodybuilder, powerlifting was a thing that I did since I was about 14. I did it a lot into my adult years, but one of the things I'll talk about in a little bit, one of the things that helped me really get into the behavior chef is I, uh, one, one of my many yo-yo diet journeys when I ballooned to, at this point, I was 22. I was 
310 pounds at the time, which is the highest I'd ever been. For reference, I'm 6'2", 6'3". I was 310 pounds. And I ended up dropping weight to about 275, which was where I want to be. It was great. But one of the pieces of advice that helped me was a a friend of mine at the gym I worked out at who was a bodybuilder. Legitimate uh, bodybuilding fit pro, had his card and everything. And uh, he looked at me and said, you know, the only difference between a bodybuilder and a powerlifter is diet. And that really, yeah, well, it struck me because if you look at powerlifters, these guys move massive amounts of weight. But as the reputation holds, they're not the most lean people in history. They, they don't really mind the diet. Though I, I worked out with some powerlifters for a long time, and we would do a two three hour workout, and then we go smash three Chipotle burrito bowls. <laughs> you know that was just lunch. So they didn't they didn't mind. But then I started working out with friends that were bodybuilders, and they would uh, they would be taking pre workout, intro workout, post workout shakes, and uh, mapping their dietary intake and their nutrition and looking at their glucose levels during and after work. I mean, it, the scientific side was huge and they were lifting the same amount of weight as the other guys, but they were 10, 15% body fat. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I think when we think of people who work out all the time, whether they're power lifters or, uh, what's the other term you use power lifters versus, um, bodybuilders, bodybuilders, which, you know, until you were explaining it, I don't think a lot of us know that there's even a difference. And when we think about people who work out that amount of time, we automatically think that there's a nutrition component to it. So that's interesting. Yeah, in essence, you're right. Um, I guess looking at it analytically, there's either the difference between the two is really the focus or the absence of nutrition. Yeah. So the the power lifter has the absence. They don't really mind eating the heavy uh, caloric intake because they want to fuel the muscles to grow, be thick and padded muscles and and lift weights. And I'm sure we'll have an episode later on discussing uh, weightlifting and and things like that. Okay. There's different styles. So instead of getting into that now, just know the powerlifters will focus on more of the gaining the muscle versus leaning out the body fat. So the bodybuilder does both, and they focus on uh, systematically getting the muscles bigger to be, you know, for shows and things so they can win their their classes and bodybuilding competitions. But they also focus on their water intake, their caloric intake versus output, all these scientific things to make sure that they can make weight for their weight class. Okay. So it's very interesting. Now, I've, I've never done bodybuilding. I'm, I, that's not my thing. My oldest brother did, and he was great at it. But uh, he was also a powerlifter, so he, he dabbled in both. So I took up the powerlifting side. I really liked lifting heavy weights. Okay. And so moving from college into you know more adult years, I was able to keep consistently working out and, and lifting heavy weights, but my diet never really changed. So yeah. not doing the proper types of exercises, I still gained weight. I I gained muscle, but I gained weight over top of it. And that was part of my yo-yo dieting. But then I met my wife, Julie, and I realized that I had, well, let's put it this way. I I had gotten married. And after we got married, we got really comfortable that first year of marriage. We were living on our own now. You know, we had our own stuff. We were both going through school. She was finishing undergraduate. I was starting grad school. And then she ended up starting grad school. So we're busy working all the time. So we talk about response effort a lot in ABA, which is the do what's what's the worth, the cost benefit analysis for me. Yeah. What am I going to get out of it? Exactly. And for me, pushing the Domino's order button was great because they knew knew my order. Heck, even with Pizza Hut, I could say to Google, hey, Google, order my favorite or whatever the, the slogan is. It'll actually order your pizza for you. So, I mean, the response effort is crazy low 
for getting fast food to your house. So we would be working on homework and just get it brought to us. Yeah. I know our listeners will, some of our listeners will understand this. My clothes kept getting tighter and I kept blaming the washer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my washer has shrunk my clothes. More I know. I hate when it does that. So we, <laughs> my wife and I both noticed that about ourselves and there was a, a couple of pictures that we took. I think it was our first anniversary of marriage. When we noticed these pictures that we took, it didn't look like us. So we went to a local place in St. Louis that deals with behavior change and nutrition. And we, we've decided to put a lot of money towards it. I mean, we, we spent more than we should have on this thing. Yeah. And that was sort of the, the reinforcer, the, the, the MO or the, the motivating operation to keep us going to do it. So, we started on this diet journey. I remember Tony standing the first time standing on this weigh-in. They're yeah. very supportive people at this place, but I got to weigh in and I looked at the scale and it said 352 pounds. Wow. And I thought to myself, that's why my clothes were shrinking. It wasn't the washer. It was me. So I had to take a, a good stern look at me. And man, I know this resonates with everyone listening to this because that's one of the hardest things that we do as human beings is look at ourselves to find out what's going on. Absolutely. So that's where we get into a bit of ACT integration. ACT, for those listening that don't know, stands for Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. Uh, it's a branch of relational frame theory made popular by Stephen Hayes, who, by the way, has a fantastic new book coming out, published by one of the largest publishers uh, on the planet. And we're now getting new avenues for our science to be disseminated into more areas. So... I don't know. It might be a long shot that Dr. Hayes gets to hear this. But if you do, thank you very much for all you do. It's fantastic. And thank you from me because I think ACT was a part of really bringing me back from those yo-yo dieting moments to where now I've lost about a total of 60 pounds or so. And I, I've kept it off for two years. Congrats, man. That's, that's a big deal. Thank you. It's It's been difficult. But I've been able to do it by – we'll talk about in other episodes as well the more – parts of the act matrix, but basically the present, present moment awareness yeah. uh, and actualizing my steps, being able to think, uh, think through my choices and have a plan in place. That's the biggest thing. I think anybody listening, no matter what diet you're on, you know, diets themselves don't work. Those are just modules and modes to transport what you want to get out of life. The diets mm -hmm. themselves are not the things that change you, but it's the behaviors that wrap around the diets, the way that you view Whatever diet plan, and I know you'll talk about it in a little bit too, yeah. whatever diet plan you're using, whether it's intermittent fasting or keto or paleo or whatever it might be out there right now, that's nothing more than a conduit to get you to where you want to go. Right. And what we're looking at is just how, how we're going to help you identify and understand and what changes you have to make in your own private thoughts and your actions that come out of those to help you reach those goals. I think it's really kind of the big pinpoint on what we're trying to do. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, I think that brings us kind of to where I am right now in life. And right now I am um, doing intermittent fasting as my mode. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've done before. And if you're going to, by the way, disclaimer, if you do any sort of diet change or dietary uh, manipulation, please consult uh, a, a professional before you make any doctor, major changes. Yeah. yeah. Doctor, nutritionist, see someone before you decide to make uh, an educated guess on your own uh, because they really can affect your mood. They can affect your overall health. So don't do anything that you don't know what, what's yeah, coming down the pipeline. It's a good point to clarify that. Yeah. We, uh, what we're doing here with behavior chef is we're really, really focused strictly on the behaviors around whatever, um, health and wellness goal has been 
either chosen for you by a health professional, a personal choice that you've made um, to try to get to your goals. And we just want to work on the behavior side, uh, which we'll talk about in many podcasts to come. We sure will. And now that I've given a little bit of an introduction about myself, Tony, why don't you tell the fine people about you? Yeah. Hey, folks. I'm Tony Chambers. I am a BCBA. I've been working in the field about six years now, but I've had my BCBA for almost a full year now. Uh, This is actually my second career. Um, I was in the corporate world for a long time, worked for Disney, Kodak, uh, some banks, and long story short, decided to uh, just kind of completely change what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to help people, and um, after a few entry-level jobs, fell into ABA. Someone said, well, if you worked in, in this field and this field, why don't, why don't you try out ABA? And I did. I fell in love with it and uh, haven't looked back since. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Health-wise, my health journey in life has been a little interesting. I haven't had huge weight fluctuations in my life, but health has come up in a lot of different ways. Um, As early as 17, um, I was about six feet tall. I was only about 120 pounds, which is pretty unhealthy the other way, (laughs) if you think about it. Um, And come to find out, my thyroid was the size of a golf ball supposed to be the size of a pea so i had to go to the hospital and get that taken care of Um, and that was kind of my first introduction to kind of body change i mean your thyroid helps regulate your metabolism and when it's the size of a golf ball your uh, metabolism runs like a f1 formula car and so i could plow down anything and everything i wanted and i never got over about 120 125 pounds so after that came out it was the first time I noticed my body change with food. I had never really had to think about food before that. Um, and right at that exact same time, um, the way they found out about my thyroid is a few weeks before that discovery was made. Um, my friends were athletes. I was not an athlete. I was band nerd to the core, uh, music nerd to the core. It was awesome. But they were they ran that cross country. Awesome. <laughs> I said, okay. I guess I can try to keep up with my friends and they asked me to go running with them one day and I made it about five or six blocks and hit the pavement and had a heart attack at 17. Um, you had a heart attack at 17? I had a a mild heart attack at 17, um, due to what my thyroid was doing to my body, which caused my heart to race and, um, finding out when I'm sleeping that my heart's running at about 120 beats a minute sleeping, which is usually what you do when you're on the treadmill and working out. <laughs> right. So, um, all of those things kind of happened all at once. And it was the first time I ever had to be conscious about my overall health. Um, and then of course, after my thyroid treatment was the first time I had to really think about kind of nutrition, but I was still young, you know, we're made out of rubber bands and, you know, you can put, <laughs> put on and take off weight. In a couple days. Um, I am not that young anymore. (laughs) You look Um, great, though. Oh, thank you, Clark. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so from then on, you know, about college on in, I started to waver and wait up and down, up and down. um, And it wasn't until um, nutrition-wise until just a few years ago that, that I decided to make some changes. But... 
you know, the big piece of why I think you and I talked about partnering up on this is I, most of my background and, you know, one of the reasons we decided to partner up is I have a big background in cooking. Um, it's my, that's one of my passions. It's my biggest hobby. And, uh, I've been a home cook for, geez, almost 15 years now. I've been studying just being a home cook. And it kind of started back when I was a single parent for a while, uh, with my oldest son, Isaac. And there came a point, um, when we were together where I was working insane hours and he was, you know, with babysitters and daycare a lot. And I didn't really have a cooking background. I was just kind of piecemealing food together as we survived and moved along. And, uh, there was one evening I picked him up from the babysitter and I knew I didn't really have anything at home, you know, other than a couple cans of God knows what. I was, I was tired of going through fast food restaurant drive throughs I was tired of just throwing a frozen pizza in. Like, he deserved better. You know, I felt we did. We worked hard. And um, it wasn't even from a nutritional standpoint. It was just food and sitting down at the table was a big part of my childhood, uh, uh, culturally. Sure. So it was that, that cultural environment that you were missing. Yeah. And we weren't getting to sit down and share a meal and, and talk. It was something needed to change. And kind of that big that big point was like we were a couple days away from payday. I had like five dollars to my name. I picked up my kiddo. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I, I just couldn't bring myself to just drive through and pick him something up. So I just found myself sitting in the grocery store parking lot, no, not knowing what to do. That must and, have been difficult. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was sitting in that car and tearing up because I, I can, I can go buy him something. I don't know if I'll have enough to eat. Maybe somebody will bring bagels for breakfast to work the next morning. I mean, we were, we were in a tough spot. Um, but after being there for a minute, I, I kind of had this weird cheesy light bulb moment. That was, is the turning point from in my life from really changing how I think about food. Um, and that was a few nights before me sitting in that parking lot. I was watching late night food TV because that's what was on. And it was Alton Brown's Good Eats. Love Alton Brown. Uh, yeah. Still obsessed with the guy. And um, he had just shown how to cook this simple roasted chicken. I remembered him walking through that. And I was like, I, I think I can do that. Hmm. It's turning on the oven and putting the chicken in the oven and making sure it doesn't catch on fire was really all there was to it. So I grabbed Isaac out of the car. We got into the grocery store. We probably looked like crazy people running up and down the aisles. And I could afford a pack of chicken legs, like four chicken legs, a box of powdered mashed potatoes, and a lemon. That's all I bought. I took it home. I put it all together. When we sat down at the table together, we felt like we were eating like kings. Like, oh my gosh, this is a home-cooked meal. This is like what I remember when I was a kid. You know, of of saying that I, I grew up in a single parent home and fended for myself, you know, when it came to food a lot. So having this moment of cooking something for my son and sitting down became, was very impactful. So I, on the extremely limited budget I had, I made sure that I started cooking dinner every night for my kiddo when I could, when I wasn't working. Sure. I, I like that you, you're bringing ABA into it already into the conversation, you were essentially 
an analyst from the go because yeah. you're, you're shaping your own behavior with, with what the environment will support, which is exactly what we do in our science. Yeah. So that's a fantastic way. Uh, I, I didn't mean to interject. I no, you're good. really wanted to add the point of using our science early on, but also that cultural connection to sitting down in the home cooked meal. Uh, I think that's something a lot of people do understand mm-hmm. of Absolutely. childhood. Nowadays, it's a little different. Our, our world is a lot more fast paced than it used to be. So very it's, much so. It's a choice now to carve out that time for your family. But that being the genesis of what brought you to where you are now, that's a fantastic connection piece to your past, your present moment at the time with your son. And now who you are as a father, as a BCBA, as a person, all that kind of that one moment that it's so crazy that that one dinner, that one moment really changes the course of our behavioral outcome. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it really is. And you know what? later episodes you know we'll talk about kind of how history affects our behavior today and and that and that was the big that was the big antithesis of cooking for me and even during that time when i felt so good about cooking that meal cooking itself was still about kind of survival rather than just getting to do it fun sure and then about a year and a half later uh i met my wife katie and started our life together with isaac i remember cooking and then all of a sudden cooking felt different. Like it was, it was calming to me after a busy day. Yeah. Like it felt good to make food for my family and sit down and, and, and see them say, Oh, this is good. This is great. And, and kind of providing that piece for my family. And I've been obsessed with learning how to cook ever since. And, um, have a lot of years under my belt of doing it. And then came Daniel. Uh, Daniel's my seven year old son, uh, who kind of changed cooking and, added a whole new chapter to the story of um, when Daniel was born seven years ago, he was born with a rare genetic disorder called Prader-Willi syndrome. And for those of you who have maybe heard of it or don't know what it is, uh, it's a, it's a genetic disease um, to where the person who has, who lives with PWS never feels full. Hmm. So they feel like they are starving all of the time. That must Um, be very difficult. Yeah, it's, it was, it was, um, you know, I don't know if there's even a word to say it was a blow or it was a, you know, it it was definitely something, um, obviously unexpected, but again, changed the entire course of cooking and, and really the first time in my life I ever had to think about the word nutrition. Sure. Um, because when he was born, I was at about the largest I've ever been, which is close to 200 pounds. Coming from 120 to 200, that's a big scope of <laughs> it's change. A big scope over, over you know, the course of only of about 10 years or so. Yeah. If you want to know more about PWS, uh, you can go to fpwr.org. We'll throw the link down, uh, down below, um, or in our description. They have a, a wide array of resources that you can learn about PWS if you want to know more. It's definitely a lot more complex than the the quick little bit I get to give you. And I think we're going to talk about it uh, on another episode as well. Yes, we are. But immediately nutrition fell into our lives. I had to learn how to cook all over again. Um, I had to learn what food, not only like what kind of food to give Daniel, but how it affects his body. With PWS, what you put in your body can affect you a hundred different ways and be detrimental for the tiniest little, um, little change in diet or what, or what you're giving them. So it's more of a food as fuel thing you put in helps them grow, helps muscles, helps brain development, 
um, etc. So I had had all this time, all of this love for cooking under my belt, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get to love cooking anymore. Hmm. I can see how that might be changing the focus from fun and relaxation to necessity. Yeah, like almost going back to survival mode. Sure, back um, to where you were at the beginning when it wasn't as much fun. Yeah, but but it didn't go that way, which is which is a blessing. It's just like before. I, I educated myself. I asked way too many questions, which is not a bad thing. And been lucky enough to Daniel's had a nutritionist with him uh, for almost all of these seven years, and I get to learn along with him, which is you know why I think Behavior Chef is is so exciting and important to me is that I get to help people on the cooking side. So we'll have um, Behavior Bites, our YouTube show. I uh, can't wait for that. Yeah, it's awesome. We're going to start uh, recording some stuff today. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun because I, I not only want to provide you all with like some just really good food, um, but I want to provide I want to provide tips and tricks and teach you new behavior new behaviors talk about pivotal behaviors talk about all these things that we'll explain later on to whether you are a giant cooking nerd like me who who loves to get in the kitchen every day or maybe you don't even like to put water into a pot <laughs> that's okay because it goes back to identifying and being super honest with ourselves about how much we love to do something or not do something or right. what we're doing with our bodies or not, but it's going to, uh, I'm, we're going to help everybody. If you don't like to cook, I'm going to help you at least be able to cook what you need to, to reach those health and wellness goals. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And I'm, man, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm excited about what's, what we've talked about in our little storyboard meetings and what's going to come. Yeah. Uh, down the pipeline for Behavior Bites. Um, so, guys, be on the lookout through BehaviorChef.com for the links to come up in the coming weeks of the first couple episodes yeah. of Behavior Bites. It's going to be our recurring YouTube series that Tony's going to head up. It's going to be great. Yeah, so what about the podcast? Like, I'm super excited about this. Tell people what you got in store for the podcast. I am so excited about this podcast. So, first of all, let me say that I love how easy technology has made life Um to an extent, to, to be able to reach out and connect with so many awesome people um, via email and Facebook and Zoom and podcast, connecting with people at ABAI, I got to do that this year, which was fantastic. And I have a few people lined up to start. The first few episodes are already in the works for the podcast, and um, it's called simply the Behavior Chef Podcast uh, with me, Clint Evans. It'll be on all of your favorite platforms, you know iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, all the other ones, all the web hosting places. So you'll be able to find it anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. But it's going to have a different feel to it than some of the other podcasts that are out for behavior analysis because we're going to look at things through an ABA lens, but we're, we're aiming to disseminate into so many other areas. So the jargon that we use is going to be a little uh, knocked down. We're going to be a little quieter on our scientific jargon, which I think most of our audience that are analytic We'll understand the concepts that we're discussing, but we're going to be talking to the general public. Um, I've, I've got some great people lined up from our field that are branching out into health, sports, and fitness. I've got some people lined up that aren't in our field that are that are cooks that own restaurants, that are nutrition-minded people or nutritionists uh, that'll come and discuss nutritional behavior with us. 
So Behavior Chef as a whole is really dedicated to the science and discovery and really the marriage between behavior and nutrition as a whole, how those two things interact and intersect. So we're going to have expertise from the analytic world, expertise from the nutrition world, regular everyday Joe Schmo uh, yeah. people who have had great success stories, just some some general reinforcing reinforcing stories for those of us that are out there. Really, yeah, I'm excited about those stories. I think uh, I think those are really going to hit home with people because I think we all have a lot of goals, and just to know that people have been through or are going through some of our same stories and to hear how they got past them and learn those behaviors that they use to be successful. It's going to be really cool. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Well, I am too. I think along with these regular everyday folks stories uh, within our field, it goes along with the do better movement that we've, we've seen come up the last couple of years. Yeah. One of the things about do better is to do ABA specifically, do it better, to clean it up, to be better practitioners, just, to quote the founders of, of COBA, the Confessions of Behavior Analysts, be a kind human. Yeah. And that's kind of our idea. And I think part of that really does boil down to the nutritional aspect of our life. So coming from a psychological point of view, coming from a personal point of view, we also have to look at dietary and nutritional behavior as well. Certain foods or not having certain foods really affect us. And before I go on a rant too long here, uh, <laughs> I'm just very, we're very passionate about what we're doing. Yeah, we're talking about the whole person because it goes back to if we're just talking about diets, if we're just talking about behaviors and these individual things, then we're not creating a whole program and, and a whole uh, outlook for, for your success. That's exactly right. So our scope here is values-based behavior change around nutritional behavior. Our little tagline says, uh, behavior chef, where nutrition meets behavior. And, or behavior meets nutrition. I can't remember which way I put it. But it's, it's the, the idea that those two things marry together and they, they work out very well. So we're very excited for the stuff coming down the pipeline. Please stick around, like, and share all the stuff. Yes, um, it helps us uh, reach a lot more people. Go in there, give us five stars, give yes. us some feedback on, on what you think. And uh, that way we can get better for you and reach out and help as many people as we can. That's absolutely fantastic. Hey, everybody, thanks for sticking around for our first official episode of yeah. the Behavior Chef podcast. I'd like to thank Tony for joining me today. Hey, thanks for letting me come on, come along for the ride. And uh, just know that we'll be uh, bouncing back and forth between each other's YouTube show and podcast. Yes. Um, so we can cover as much ground as possible. That's uh, right. In this adventure of uh, Behavior Chef. I'm very excited. And if you don't know if this is the first time hearing us, you guys can find us on all the social media platforms at The Behavior Chef. You can find us at behaviorchef.com, and then you'll be able to find us on YouTube at Behavior Bites with Tony, just at Behavior Bites or Behavior Chef. You can just search it. You'll find us, and you can find us at any podcast place that you like to go to. We'll be there. Search for the Behavior Chef podcast. Until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>